Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Interviews with Malachi Martin and their effects. Bernard Jansen, Catholicism Overturned, 1990. You can find this video on YouTube at the timestamp 1 hour 17 minutes 30 seconds. Bernard Jansen. Father, let's look again at the New World Order. Could you say anything about this? Father Malachi Martin. Well, the New World Order depends on two things, which are paramount today that nobody can escape from. Number one, there's no such thing as an independent nation. Gorbachev found that out. We're all independent, interdependent. In what sense? We must trade. If you don't trade today, you're dead, or you're reduced to the status of the pygmies in the Kalahari Desert. There's interdependence. Secondly, there's this. Every nation wants development. What is development today? Development is hospitals, roads, supermarkets, VCRs, all the electronic paraphernalia of communication. It is freedom of travel, freedom to choose your marriage, to break it and to make another one, to choose your sexual lifestyle. That's development. And it means that you submit to the requirements and the rules of technology according to technology's development. A better way to have better people, hygienically, socially, physically, sexually, medically. That is the idea of development today. That is development. Now, those two forces, mainly being pushed by the entrepreneur, the banker, the transnationalist corporation, men, are purely natural. They're materialistic, as bad as Marxism, only much more subtle. Because they don't kill you. They swaddle you in pleasant things. And they make sure you needn't have a deformed child. And they make sure that you needn't live with a partner who's finally grown cold for you. And they make sure that you need never think, just look at the boob tube. And they make sure that your idea of goodness is, re is reduced to the common denominator of behaving in such a way that you smell nice and that you eat well and that you don't kill your neighbor. And that's the reduction of the human ideal in the universe, where finally your money and your flag and your sexuality and your food and your reading material and your entertainment is all determined by corporate masses of people. That's development. Bernard Jansen. And how has this new world order affected the education system? Father Malachi? 
It has completely infiltrated it. The education system in the United States is now a system of secularizing the minds of the people. It no longer takes past history and past philosophy and past religion and translates them into the language of today. It is totally new. And hence we find young people today, coming out of school, don't know anything before their birthday. They, they know nothing about it and they don't want to. They're so fascinated by the new world rising in front of them, electronically geared, <clears throat> electronically geared, the world of instant satisfaction, the world of new, curious developments, of extraordinary sounds and sights in our states and throughout the world. Education has been reduced to that, and the things that mattered humanistically, like poetry and drama and literature, all that is, by the way, in books, and we don't read books anymore. Noah Hutchins interview. Also found on YouTube, Malachi Martin sequence of time. Timestamp 1 minute 22 seconds. Referring to George Bush's comment on the NWO. Europe, Western Europe, the European community, and America are going to form one market and that eventually Eastern European countries, which sort of broke away from the Soviet Union, sort of I say, and I shall explain in a moment, which broke away from the Soviet Union, sort of, and the Soviet Union itself will finally form one common market. And James Baker III said, even said one day this market would extend from Vladivostok across the Russian heartland, across Western Europe, across the Atlantic, and over to the California beaches. This is the New World Order area. And that brings up the question of what is happening in Europe, what is happening in Eastern Europe, and what is happening in the Soviet Union. There is a common persuasion, it's an illusion, that there was a revolution in those five countries of Eastern Europe, East Germany, Czechoslovakia, Bulgaria, Romania, and Poland, and the people simply shucked off, threw off the chains of the Soviet Union. The fact is, there was no revolution. The people did not rise, there was no revolution. What happened was that each of the strong men in charge of those countries from Moscow, a man called Erich Honecker in Germany, a man called Zhivkov down in Bulgaria, a man called Milos Yakis in Czechoslovakia, and so on. They got a telephone call from Moscow saying, get out, let the people in. The thing was consented to and arranged from Moscow itself. There was no revolution. Number two, in Russia itself, we've been hearing for the past two to three years that Mikhail Gorbachev is on the plan that he's finished, that he's going, that his plans are broken, that in a short time he will disappear. This man was never so powerful as he is today, never so powerful. And the two arms of his power are still intact. One is a thing with the Rus which the Russians call the KGB. And it's more than the secret police. We think of the secret police as the arm of the government. The KGB is the government. And is the government which Mr. Gorbachev now presides over of the reformed Soviet Union. It's a different setup from what our media tells us and which popular commentators have given us as a view of the facts. The two arms there are, therefore, the KGB and the huge missile array of the Soviet Union, which is contained in bombers, nuclear bombers, contained in missiles, on-site and mobile, and contained in submarines. This is still intact. It hasn't been dissipated. From the shoes of the fishermen, as Maliki Martin and Bernard Jansen in 1994. Timestamp 52 minutes 50, uh, 33 seconds. The present situation concentrating on the church that John Paul II got and the policy he formulated 
He still maintains the facade. He still welcomes the bishops for their ad limina visits. He still treats them as if they were doing their duty, knowing they are not doing their duty. Knowing some of them are plotting against him. Knowing some of them want him to resign before his time and get out so they can elect a man after their own heart who will be an antipope. At the present moment, that's the condition of the church, of his church. Let us Catholics not be at all self-inflated. We have an ailing, decadent, unstable organization, honeycombed with evil, in the possession of our enemy, dominated by Satan, who now has free run for the last time to do what he can before, before the end, before Our Lady comes. Malachi Martin, Art Bell, their first interview. Art Bell interviews Malachi Martin, one of seven. This is on YouTube, YouTube timestamp, one hour, 44 minutes, 50 seconds. Father Malachi. There's going to be one final clash, and we're on our way to it, but we're not there yet. Art, how close do you think we are? Father Malachi. Of course, Art, you and I know, as sensible men, it's a very hazardous thing to guess at timing. The one thing is that is the one thing that's difficult are dates, times, places, hours. But, but given what is happening to the nations, given the existence now of the New World Order as a fact of life, and not a theory, and not a plan for the future, and given the rising sea of very disturbing things happening to men and women, negative things, we are approaching a point when something has to give. And it would seem to be on a global level. And it would seem to finally involve spirit, morals, ethics. Finally, the final battle. So what time? Well, I think we're going to enter, in these remaining years of this century, we're, going to enter, we're entering a period of severe chastisements, severe hardships throughout the cosmos, throughout our Earth. And I think that into the new century, the 21st century, we're headed for a lot of confrontations and ending up in a short time with that final battle. Art Bell. Doctor, with these Earth changes, with, the thing, with things that will occur, it seems so unfair, because when these changes begin, clearly those in third world nations, those in underdeveloped nations, will suffer and die at a disproportionate rate. Father Malachi. I do not know that, Art, for sure. I think that where things will be really bad will be in our overcrowded western cities, our big cities, say Mexico City or Atlanta or Los Angeles or New York or Chicago, the big urban settlement. I think that's where the real suffering will take place. I think the people living in Patagonia, the people living in, Tans in Tasmania, the suffering may be more intense than what we call civilization, may be much more intense because we are more dependent. I mean, look, think of what would happen to New York if the water supply were cut off and the electricity, and the gas. <clears throat> Art Bell, Father Malachi Martin, second interview. Number two of seven on YouTube, timestamp two hours, 54 minutes, 34 seconds. Caller, could you speak specifically about the role the Vatican is going to play in the New World Order? Father Malachi, that's a very interesting question, and it would take longer time than we have at our disposal, but the essentials can be said very briefly. The New World Order, finally, essentially, and as it is now and will be increasing, is an arrangement of global finances, and it's a new control and direction of the flow of capital and capital goods. Have you noticed, for instance, that Russia and China have both, invite, have both been invited by the President of the United States, President Clinton, to join the World Trade Organization? And both Russia and China have recently become members of the Bureau of International Settlements, in which members are always the heads of central banks in every big industrial country. 
In other words, the church in Europe, based in Europe and spread all over the world, is going to be involved in an economic and financial and monetary and fiscal system where it has very little liberty. And therefore, the ancient liberty of the Roman church to finance itself, to have its own bank, and to have its own funds is going to be severely restricted, number one. Number two, there are laws now, for instance, in the European Union, which is going to unite every nation from Galway Bay to Vladivostok in one monetary union as well as a political union. They have laws that are strictly anti-Catholic. For instance, every constituent member of that union must have laws permitting abortion and financing it. And they also want laws permitting homosexual marriage. Father Malachi Martin, Art Bell, last interview, 1998. On YouTube, Art Bell interviews Malachi Martin, last interview, 7 of 7. Timestamp, 1 hour, 55 minutes, 30 seconds. Art Bell. Today, certain prophetic scholars are much are very much interested in why Gorbachev and the present Pope John Paul are in discussions, or more clearly sharing the Russian language, which they can speak and few around them can understand. Why are they in talks? Father Malachi. They're in talks because John Paul's concept of Gorbachev's function is that in reality he is destined to exercise a certain role in the creation of the new world order. And John Paul II is very keen on participating in the new world order. Art Bell. I had a feeling that was exactly what you were going to say. Exurgat Deus disipentur inimici eius, et fugiancio derundeum alfaci eius. Let God arise, and let his enemies be scattered, and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's begin with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangele, defende nos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias, diaboli est opraecidium. Imperatili Deus, supplicas deprecamur, tuque princeps militae calestis, satana maliosque spiritus malignosque ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute in infernum netrude. Amen. Cor Iesu Sacratissimum miserere nobis, Mater Dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Beatus Carolus e Domo Austriae, ora pro nobis. Domine, ostende facem tuum et salvi erimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. I appreciate you uh, tuning in and uh, putting up with a very long sort of precursor to the show. I wanted some. I wanted to lay this out in a manner so that you guys actually had direct context before I started talking about some of the things that were going on in this interweave. Father Malachi Martin, who very well may have been ordained or consecrated a bishop and made a cardinal, Father Malachi Martin had, we are well aware, at least by this point, that he had access to the third secret of Fatima. Um, he said as much. You can tell by the way he talked about certain things and sort of dodged particular things that he absolutely had access to the third secret and absolutely knew what was going on in the New World Order. 
Now, we use the phrase New World Order. And the president of the United States today, Joseph Biden, has actually used the phrase liberal world order. And that has been the, for the last couple of years, that was the the moniker that they were attaching to this. And if you were listening closely, then you heard a lot of things. I mean, keep in mind that it's now 2022 and these interviews ran from 1990 to 19, <clears throat> excuse me, to 1997. <coughs> so <clears throat> from 1990 to 1997, in all technicality, I guess on some manner, this would make Father Martin um, <clears throat> kind of a prophet because, of course, he's talking about events that would be to come. Now, there are a few things that sort of lined everything up. So, in the early 2000s, of course, they passed the, de- or late 90s, early 2000s, they passed the Defense of Marriage Act in the United States, um, which pretty much prohibits gay marriage, which allows another 10 years. And and this is kind of the key thing. So they passed this law, and what it actually did, because because what ended up happening is is the law gets passed and everybody kind of breathes a sigh of relief, and they go, okay, now we don't have to worry about that anymore. What happened during that interim period? During that interim period was the campaign, the the propaganda campaign of Born This Way. So from the late 90s into the early 2000s, all the way up until Obergefeld in 2011, the campaign Born This Way was born and was promulgated and profligated across the world. And it's very difficult to argue without faith, without the Catholic faith in particular, but any of the, but like a, a solid understanding of the Christian faith, which most Americans do not do, <clears throat> do not, excuse me, do not have. You, it's forget about arguing. Most Americans, most people in the world, don't actually have an intellectual understanding of their faith, no matter what faith they claim. This was true when I was in Afghanistan with the Muslims in Afghanistan. One of the interpreters actually described the process of becoming a mullah. The process of becoming a mullah in Afghanistan is simple. You let your beard grow out, you travel to another town, and you say, I'm a mullah. And from then on, you're a teacher. You're a mullah, you're now one of the leaders of the Muslim faith in Afghanistan. That's literally it. They don't have, there, there is no Islamic university at Cairo. There's none of that. <clears throat> There's no prophetic university in Al-Udid in Qatar. Nothing like that. There's no formal mechanism in the Islamic faith. And pretty much if you can read, in particular if you can read Arabic, or even fake the funk, you can be a religious leader in the Muslim world. And there are particular obligations that are immediately imposed on people around you once you claim to be a mullah. 
but 87% of the Muslim world cannot read, let alone read their holy book. And this is just a fact. This isn't an accusation. This is, these, this is the data. Or excuse me, these are the data. 87% of the Muslim world cannot read. They cannot read in any language, let alone the Quran. <clears throat> so if you can read, of course, you have quite the advantage. Because most other because unlike in the Christian world, where and this is fleeting, this is actually now beginning to dissipate, but in the Christian world, the vast majority of people can read and write. And so if someone tries to fill you up with lies that don't at least sound like what's written, you can call them on it. This is actually one of the reasons why the Christian faith is um, as dangerous and as deadly, because if it sounds like what's written in the book, <clears throat> the devil can, give it, can hand you everything that sounds like it's what's me meant in the book and still not be what, it is, what is actually meant in sacred scripture. This is why the Catholic Church protects itself by only teaching that which was believed in all nations by all men for all time. So the words have to be in the context of when they were written. They have to be anchored in the historical context of when they were written. The words have to mean what they meant at the time when they were put on the page. And that separates the Catholic faith from the faith of the rest of the from any faith in the rest of the world. When we when we cite sacred scripture, we cite sacred scripture in the context of what was meant at the time it was written. When we cite the the desert fathers, we cite what was meant at the time. We don't say this is what they said and this is what it means today. We say this is what it meant at the time and this is how it applies to today, which is completely different. It is completely it is a completely different approach from any other supposed faith. It is a completely different approach from any political system. It's what separates the church. It's what makes the church infallible, indefectible. <clears throat> because we don't play with the meanings of words. We may use, you know, some word games to kind of poke and jab in other directions, but when it comes to talking about the faith, we don't play with the meaning of the words. The words meant what they meant at the time they were put on the page. And the question is, is how do we conform today to what was taught in 33 AD, in 133 AD, in 333 AD, in 533 AD, in 1033 AD, 1533 AD, 1833 AD, 2033 AD. Whatever, whenever those, whenever that was written at the time, you take what that meaning was at the time, and you find a way to conform your your situation, your present, to that meaning. <clears throat> not being a particular, <clears throat> not being particularly intellectual in that manner, or particularly scholarly in that manner anymore, I think has been significantly more deleterious than anything else. But Lest we believe that that's somehow a change, 
The fact is, it's not. In particular, when it comes to the faith, we have been woefully neglectful, and most especially in the last century. But we have been woefully neglectful long before. That's the reason why you had the Desert Fathers. That's the reason why you had the Great Reformers. That's the reason why you had the Scholastics. It's the reason why all of these graces were poured out on the church periodically to make sure that we all came home to try and call people back to the cross of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So what Father Martin is saying isn't actually new. You could say it's an instant replay. This time, however, the devil has had an additional 2,000 years of practice, including 1,000 years when he was absolutely chained up, where he could just watch, and the last 500 years where his dominion has grown more and more across the earth. It becomes very obvious today that the devil's power is near its very absolute peak. Because we're... We are entered into that final battle. And what is the final battle? Well, previous in an earlier podcast, I talked about the boob tube, television, that damned phone, the progress from the VCR, but that falls into the char- in, into the characterization that Father Malachi says, all the electronic paraphernalia of co- communication. <clears throat> So in the aftermath of the Defense of Marriage Act, what happened? Like I said, they stepped back and they st- and they changed it. They laid the accusation at God's feet that we were born this way. I'm gay because I was born this way. God made me gay. That is a lie. We ascribe a lot of things to quote-unquote nature that is, in fact, nurture. And we may not be aware of much of the nurture. You know, there are some things that could have happened before you were born while your mother was pregnant with you. You know, if she was in an abusive relationship, some of that abuse certainly would have happened while she was pregnant with you, and that would have changed her hormonal, her, her hormonal balance and in turn would have affected your development in the womb. If she was a feminist... She was going to start as a feminist from before when you were born. For maybe halves. She decided to take an injection that would stop her from that would stop her from being able to produce milk. Which would mean that you weren't breastfed. And that intimacy between mother and child never quite happened. You of course would not be aware of this. But it would still be true. And those tendencies would, of course, go. Because if, <clears throat> going back to the abusive relationship piece, after you were born, that may have paused for a couple of weeks, but it certainly would have picked back up. In a house in which there's constantly screaming, yelling, carrying on, violence is certainly going to have an effect on you. It's certainly not going to be a household that's going to last too very long. Either mom's going to kill dad or dad's going to kill mom, or maybe you get lucky and they divorce. Which is also going to have an effect. 
And these are the things that carry on. And one can't, you can't say for certain how they form the mind of the child, but these are certainly the things that are forming the mind of a child. And everything that I've mentioned is typical and capable of happening prior to a child becoming four years old, which, and I will go ahead and defer to, to Dr. Jordan Peterson's expertise on this one, by age four, <clears throat> the core formation of a person's character is done. And after that, you basically spend the rest of your life trying to find a way to dial that back, to push back, to undo the damage that's, that's already been done. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's the that would be the core formation. What that early life imbalance does, we cannot say. But there are a few things that we can say. If we're talking about a divorce, the absence of the father from the home becomes significant in the formation of a child's mind. It is huge. It has a dynamic impact on what it means to be responsible, on what it means to be faithful, on what it means to be the protector. You cannot be the protector if you're not there. A father can't be the protector if he's not in the home. And what's worse is that if we're talking about a breakup that causes the two people to go their own way, where there is absolutely no no further communication, where the father is no longer involved in any level at any level in the child's life, the impact of something like that is magnificent, and I mean that in the worst possible sense. Like you look at it and it is huge. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And one of the things that is absolutely unifying when you look as people who suffered from same-sex attraction, who self-identify as gay, trans, or lesbian, is that paternal relationship is gone, broken. If the father was present, he was present, but uncharitable, un- unloving, cold. If the father wasn't present, then he simply wasn't present to the varying degrees of quote-unquote deadbeat. <clears throat> And lest we let the mother off the hook, the mother typically at that point suffers from varying degrees of psychosis. And yes, it's psychosis. It is delusion. It is a form of schizophrenia, of borderline personality disorder or whatever. But the fact is, is that after the breakup of a relationship, as significant as a marriage, the woman will make whatever justification she needs in order to keep on keeping on. And while they vary in flavor and tenor, 100% of the time, it'll be the father's fault. I say 100% of the time, that was too precise of language. I should say all. Because at least all leaves room for exception. To say 100% doesn't. So, the so the key things in there to take away is that all of those factors go into a child, go form the child. And the varying degrees of spiritual formation, because of course, these things can happen very much to the evangelical Christian home just as much as they can happen to the Catholic home. Now, statistically, for a long time, it was significantly less likely to happen to the Catholic home because on some level, Catholics did understand that divorce and breakup to that degree was absolutely unforgivable, which is what makes Amoris Laetitia such a travesty of a teaching by a pope. Because at this point, Amoris Laetitia now lets Catholics off the hook from that. And whether or not that was the intent, and to be sure, it does not actually matter, whether or not that was the intent, that will be and has been and will continue to be the effect in Catholic homes. Because it now unpins the commitment of charity that is required between husbands and wives to endure to the end and to try and figure it out so that mom and dad both play a role, significant role, their proper gender roles as assigned by God in the formation of their children. And if mom and dad are now no longer playing the roles that they are supposed to play in the formation of their children, they are now reduced pretty much to the level of everybody else. And that opens up the door for the devil and his demons to just sweep across and do whatever it is that they desire. To have whatever effect on the child's life that they are trying to have. 
and they are most definitely moving out full bore. There is no <clears throat> error. And I use this in a purely material sense. There is no error in the strategy of the devil getting the Holy Pontiff to promulgate a teaching such as Amoris Laetitia. That was not an error. That was, a, that was a battle tactic for the final battle. And of course, he did this, I think, back in 2013, which is significant because that would be precisely one generation away from what appears to be our approaching final chastisement. So that means that the children who were born in the, in the immediate vicinity of Amoris Laetitia will be coming of age to become the adults that were affected by the policies of Amoris Laetitia, which effectively lets the parents, mother and father, off the hook from their commitments to marriage and allows them to do precisely what the Protestants have already spread across the world and what the Freemasons have promulgated across the world through the Freemasonic policy of no-fault divorce and the current legislation that's in place to provide an excess amount of welfare for single mothers. The only thing Father Malachi really got wrong in his own mind, because he never really spoke about it, but he was of the opinion that all of these things would come to pass in, two th in the year 2000. And that's understandable. The number 2000, being a nice round number, seems to be a good point to, to bring an end to the age. However, he did neglect to realize that Our Lady appeared at Fatima to give the, to give the message about the final battle in 1917. And then in 1929, actually asked for the consecration of Russia. And then in 1931, our Lord made, issued the condemnation to the popes. Given the fact that the pope has chosen the paths of the kings of France, he shall suffer the same fate. The path of the kings of France in 1689, our lady appears in La Salette <clears throat> and gives the instruction to the king of France to, to publicly consecrate France to the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He fails to do so. He fails to do so. His successors fail to do so. Such that in 1789, on the very day, the beginning of the French, Revolu the, the French Revolution pops off and he is arrested. And four years after that, to the day, the French king suffers the guillotine. Our Lady of Fatima, speaking in a, in a significantly more spiritual sense, effectively says this. And our Lord, in his condemnation, again, keeping in mind that the, that the message of Fatima is, except where specifically stated, we're talking, we're talking about images that are spiritual, spiritually related. We're talking about visions that have spiritual meanings in addition to their temporal meanings. <clears throat> Which means that the chastisements have a spiritual meaning in addition to a temporal meaning, meaning, which is why Pope John Paul II is likely mistaken about being the Fatima Pope because he was merely, one, because he was only shot, and two, it was not time. And that's the really key thing. It was not time. The Popes rejected their obligation by 1930-31. Our Lord said, okay, since that's going to be the case, 
they're going to suffer the same fate. What that means is that from that public decree, or excuse me, from that decree, either in 1929 or in 1931, the clock begins ticking. That means that 100 years to the day would be in 1929 or, nine, or somewhere between 1929 and 1931. Probably the day that the Pope received the message from Our, from our Lady in 1929. Now, Our Lady appears on such and such day. You can assume that it would take some time for the message to be relayed to Rome. I would probably start the clock on the day that the Pope got the message. Whenever that was. The fact that our Lord showed up in 1931 leads me to believe that it was sometime right around, probably closer to 1931. And I say probably <clears throat> seems, to be, seems to be the best guess. But the window opens in 29. 100 years from 1929 would be the earliest point that you would expect these things to come to pass in a way that nobody, like, nobody can, can refute. So, 1929, 100 years from then, is 2029. 104 years, four years after that to the day, would be 2033. That gives us a window, roughly, of from 2029 to roughly 2035. Where do I get the 35? Because if it is 19, because if it is 1931 and our Lord showed up on the day, the very moment when when the popes decided that they were going to go another way, then 1931 would be the more accurate statement. And 104 years from 1931 would put you at 1930 or excuse me 2035. <clears throat> but from 2029 to 2035 that's the window that's the window when these that when these things will come to pass do i know the date or the hour no but i do know the the week of years as it were and 29 to 30 from the beginning of 19 or 2029 to the end of 2035 is seven years Ooh, isn't that weird? Ooh. For those of you who are familiar with your apocalypse, and I mean and I mean St. John's apocalypse, seven years is the window, two periods of three and a half years, or forty two two periods of forty two months. <clears throat> like I said, do I know for sure? No. No. But this is the best guess. Especially given the fact that Our Lady did say that the final battle would be, between, would be over marriage and the family. And it has become very obviously clear in 2022 that they are coming full bore after the family. Like, they've been chipping away at it, chipping away at it, chipping away at it. But in the last couple of years, they've actually come out and said, we are looking for the destruction of the nuclear family. This was Black Lives Matter. This has been that whole LGBTQ agenda. This, this is the modern Marxists of today. The people who are absolutely full bore on board with this. And they have the support of supposed Catholics in leadership positions around the world. From Justin Trudeau to Nancy Pelosi to Joseph Biden to Emmanuel Macron, etc. Now, 
there are some things that I've noticed. Our Lady makes mention in several prophecies from, I mean, kind of across the range. <clears throat> but in several prophecies, in particular, Blessed Marie, Julie, Jehenny, um, Fatima, at a bunch of them in, in that time period and a few of them prior to, that Russia will be the instrument of chastisement. Now, being the instrument of chastisement is very, very interesting because the instrument of chastisement could be they're on the good guy's side or they're on the bad guy's side. They could be the instrument of chastisement for the cause of Christ. They could be the instrument of chastisement for the cause of Satan. To say that a nation will be the instrument of chastisement is a neutral proposition. And so those people who were implying specific wickedness for towards the leaders like, such as Vladimir Putin, etc., you're making a mistake because you are reducing the influences. We cannot afford to be overly reductive. To be sure, you want to kind of reduce it down so this way you can get to somewhat of the core, but when you're actually applying it as a force on the battlefield, you don't want the reductive answer to be the to be the force that you're putting on the battlefield because you will be mistaken so you want to leave in place as much of the complexity as possible so that you have an opportunity to not be blindsided should that force on the battle battlefield take a left turn that you did not anticipate because you thought with single-mindedness that they had that single-mindedness this is almost never the case and what we have noticed in the aftermath of Pope Francis's consecration of Russia and Ukraine is a significant increase in Moscow, in particular, of the appearance of the Holy Theotokos, the Blessed Virgin Mary, in iconography around the country. And that is a very important thing, because that is the first precursor to let you know that Our Lady does have her finger in Russia, even if Russia still has not converted. I take that as a sign, a providential sign, that God knows what he's doing. And in the end, and in the end, Our Lady's Immaculate Heart will triumph. Gracious alarms. In the morning, always alarms to make sure that I'm on schedule and on pace. Now, what Father Martin says about the education system is absolute. In fact, completely infiltrated is an understatement. If you're not familiar with the account libs of TikTok, they've been doing an excellent job in uncovering, uncovering, that's a funny way to say it. Um, we'll leave it like that. Uncovering what teachers across the United States have been doing to your children. Now, mind you, I say uncovering, and I left it in place such as that, because for most people, most people are completely unaware. I laugh at calling it uncovering, because these people, these teachers, have been posting it to social media, so on TikTok, YouTube, etc., posting and bragging about how they are misleading your children in the understanding of the nature of a man and a woman, and boy, of men and women, and boys and girls. They've been bragging about it. For years, it came to prominence during the coronavirus shutdown. And I am now actually no longer going to call it 
COVID when I can, unless I'm talking about something else, because I don't want to distract too much. But the coronavirus, if you'll permit a moment of digression, could not have been more perfectly named. And I've said this once before. I've said this once before. The coronavirus was an exposure of where the crown is in people's lives. So, if people took the unholy sacrifice of the jab, and don't, make no mistake about it, it's not like you can't repent of these things, but if you took the holy sacrifice of the jab, then your fealty went to the other crown, not to our Lord's crown. Not to Our Lady's crown. This was one of the things that I, and it was really wild because I was approaching a point in, in my faith walk as I, was, as I was trying to uncover and expose what was going on in the world just enough so that I could figure out exactly what my own path was supposed to be. It was at that point in my faith walk when I was diving into the rosary, when the rosary was established as being another word for crown, the rosary in Latin is not is not exactly rosario. It is corona. So the coronavirus was a direct reflection of this. It was the principal reason. And I'll be blunt. Our Lord made it obvious, specifically for stupid people like me. Where I look and I go, where I look... And as I'm exploring the mysteries of the rosary, and when I say the mysteries, I'm not talking specifically about the mysteries in the rosary. I'm talking about the myst- the mystery of the rosary, the, the, the mystical significance of the rosary. How it is the crown of Our Lady, how it, it, you know, how it came to be in its history and all of that. As I was exploring precisely that, when they're saying, okay, rosary, is, rosary means crown, rosary in Latin, is corona, it was in that moment, or those moments, that I understood fully that the coronavirus was a demonic operation. Didn't And at that point, it did not matter to me any further. What anybody had to say about it, I was not going to follow anything that had to do with that crown. Why would I follow a corona virus when I can follow the true corona? Now, for those of you who didn't have that and actually followed along with all this stuff, this is not a condemnation on you. In fact, I you could argue you could argue that it was specifically because I was being simple-minded at the time that I was saved from all of the hardship and heartache that so many people are now actually enduring. I think that's enough digression in that direction. But during the outbreak, when they were locking everything down and they were doing all of these silly things, that was when the education system revealed itself to be the rotten cesspool that it actually was. Because that was when... LGBTQ, etc. teachers were putting their videos on TikTok. That was when nurses were dancing in hospitals, but you could tell that the hospitals were empty 
and the nurses were doing choreography that takes hours. So clearly they weren't clearly they weren't as overwhelmed as people were saying. And it was when emails started coming out from schools, from schools and school districts offering pornography as a means of as a means of satiating boredom while they weren't in school. And this started almost immediately. It is important to understand that probably the best thing that our Lord did was to shut down the schools and shut down the schools specifically so that the children would be in the house with the parents when the teachers were, were promulgating and propagandizing this toxic, horrifying, evil, and diabolical curriculum. When they were doing ridiculous things, such as suspending kids from video school for having a MAGA flag hanging up on their wall in their bedroom while they're on in online courses because the teacher could not stand the sight of a Trump flag on a screen. Do you understand how insane that is? If you doubt me, Tucker Carlson did a bit on it in 2020. <clears throat> now, whatever it is that happened, this is the thing that I actually kind of want to want to focus on. I'm going to reread what Father Malachi Martin said about um, the NWO, specifically as it refers to Europe, Western Europe, and, and etc. Europe. Quoting, quoting Father Malachi, Europe, Western Europe, the European community, and America are going to form one market, and that eventually the Eastern European countries, which sort of broke away from the Soviet Union, sort of I say, and I shall explain in a moment, which broke away from the Soviet Union, sort of, and the Soviet Union itself will finally form one common market. That was on its way. except for Joe Biden. <clears throat> There's a common persuasion, it's an illusion, quoting again from Father Malachi, that there was a revolution in those five countries of Eastern Europe, East Germany, Czechoslovakia, Bulgaria, Romania, and Poland, and the people simply shucked off, threw off the chains of the Soviet Union. The fact is, there was no revolution. The people did not rise. What happened was that each of the strong men in charge of those countries from Moscow, a man called Eric Honecker in Germany, a man called Zivkov down in Bulgaria, <coughs> a man called Milos Yakis in Czechoslovakia, and, and so on, they got a telephone call from Moscow saying, get out, let the people in. The thing was consented to and arranged from Moscow itself. There was no revolution. What does that mean? That means that the rise of the Russian Orthodox Church, there have been many accusations laid at, laid at um, um, Patriarch, Kirill's of, Patriarch Kirill of Moscow of his, <clears throat> at his feet that he was KGB. Now, the KGB formally doesn't exist anymore. 
formally. But Bishop Carroll and Vladimir Putin and Dmitry Medvedev have been in charge of the country since. And all three of them are described as former KGB. What does that mean? Well, we know that, that the Soviet Union spent about 50 years infiltrating and subsuming the Russian Orthodox Church. And this is why you get some of the wild um, errancies in Russian Orthodox teaching. It's why, you know, you can get divorced and remarried up to like three times or whatever. It's why some of the stuff, like contraception, is permitted. Now, as I understand it, they do still come out against abortion. But contraception is actually permitted. Interfering with natural procreation is permitted in the Russian Orthodox Church. Now, of course, you can look over and be like, what, but Amoris Laetitia, and Laudato Si, and etc. Those are heterodox teachings coming from the Holy Pontiff, who seems to be a, seems to be a duly elected antipope. Now, I have my opinions about that, which I've shared in the past, and I'm not going to go over them again. However, the man who appears to be Pope to the world, we just have to allow to be de facto Pope. And simply, when he says something Catholic, you're like, good on ya. And when he says something un-Catholic, you're like, oh, well, that's expected. And then it's resisted. And if he is, in fact, duly elected, great. Because maybe we can fix it. And if he's not, great, because maybe we can fix it. But one of the reasons why I certainly don't subscribe to the concept of sedevacantism is simply because if the church is to go through her passion, then that means that the Pope has to fall away from the faith. Because those who would be faithful Catholics would suffer more. We suffer more and our sacrifice is greater by remaining loyal to Rome even when the Holy Pontiff is an apostate. Now, this doesn't mean we obey him. We follow the throne. The man can be whatever kind of devil he wants to be, but we follow the throne. Thereby also striking out the idea that the Holy Pontiff is somehow a god in his own right. You can judge a tree by its fruit. Rokor is growing. The Russian Orthodox Church is growing. Okay, cool. The Catholic Church is waning. Okay, cool. Like, I mean, obviously these aren't, I'm not using cool as a descriptive. I go, okay, we, this is understood. Our Lord's Church is being crucified. Why? Because a servant is not better than his master. And if we're really to follow and serve our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If we're really to follow God, then we have to follow him all the way to the cross. And if we share in his cross, in his crucifixion and his death, then we share in his resurrection. And I say this like it's some kind of new thing, but you and I both know it's not. 
We share in our Lord's cross. We share in his resurrection. We share in his death. We share in his resurrection. That is the way it has been from the beginning. Every single one of the apostles taught this. Why? Because our Lord himself says it in his own words. Every single one of the apostles, every single one of their successors has always taught this for 2,000 years. We share in his cross. We share in his resurrection. So the saints that will be minted now will in fact be the most heroic not because we necessarily had to put up with a particular kind of persecution but specifically because we remain true in a time of global universal apostasy and we've remained true to the faith and whatever happens come what may be it white martyrdom blue martyrdom red martyrdom whatever happens because we will have endured we will be among the greats Not because we put up with the physical persecution. The physical persecution is actually quite easy to endure. It is the spiritual persecution that is by far the hardest. It is the being put in a position where you look like an apostate if you hold true to the faith, and you are an apostate if you follow these people. Can you think of a worse fate? You either appear to be damned, or you actually are damned. That is that is the direction that we're headed in. And as we head into the actual final battle before the cur- before the final curtain call, it'll be that and more. Should be the most terrifying prospect. But most of us are completely unaware of this level of threat. Why? Because this has been creeping up on us for 70 years. It's been named for more than 100 years, 120, 130 years. But it has been creeping up on us where people kind of end up like, what's that feeling over my shoulder? And they look and they see the demon and they're like, ah! And they, you know, and they're awake to it and they can't be put back to sleep to it. And so they pursue. This is where you get people like uh, the Matt family of Remnant News, of the Remnant newspaper and Remnant TV, where, <clears throat> you know, in the history of Michael of Michael Matt's family they were first awakened to it long long ago and it's been handed down to stay awake and stay vigilant specifically for this as it creeps up for some of us it came much much sooner for some of us we were embedded bathed drowning in the muck that had been creeping up on the last 30 40 50 60 years and suddenly came to the surface to take a fresh breath of air and realize that the world was not that muck that we were drowning in. But whether it, but whether you were there when the tide rolled in to begin with, or you were subsumed by the tide and suddenly found your way to the surface, either way, we are both going to endure this last trial in a very extraordinary way. It's just the nature of the way it's going to be. Now back to Our Lady of Fatima. If Russia is going to be a tool of chastisement, then it doesn't actually matter if the entirety of the head of the Russian government, if all three parts of the head of the Russian government are KGB. It doesn't actually matter. They could be faithful followers of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and still be the instrument of chastisement. Do you understand? I hope the answer is yes. 
<clears throat> now, the most recent prediction involves Russia invading, well, actually, involves the Pope going to Moscow and trying to negotiate peace, coming back from Moscow and the war starting off. Russia invades Europe and ends up all the way at least to France, if not further. And then miraculously, they're converted. This seems to be one of the paths. They invade all the way to France, and then miraculously, Rocor is no longer Rocor. It is now the one Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church, as their eyes are opened to the primacy of the Bishop of Rome. <clears throat> this will probably include a Holy Pope, an actual Holy Pope, who will probably be martyred. Maybe. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of back and forth in this one because, again, a spiritual martyrdom does not look the same as a physical martyrdom. So it could be a spiritual martyrdom, but I think very likely this the second time or what's going to end up happening is the Pope comes back from Moscow and then the Pope is assassinated. Possibly because upon the return, and this is purely conjecture not covered in anything, but it is possible upon the return from Moscow that the Pope converts. And as soon as this is seen in the Vatican, he's assassinated. That's what appears to be the circumstance. That seems to be the most likely probability. <clears throat> is, that the, is that the Pope goes to Moscow. There's Somewhere in there, there's a conversion event. The Pope goes to Moscow, the Pope comes back, and then the Pope is assassinated. Would seem to be the most reasonable course of action. Am I right? I don't know. We'll find out. I don't know. But it would seem to me that the, that, the, that the death of the Pope and the replacement with the new Pope would be the catalyzing factor. A catalyzing factor whereupon the Russian, the Russian church reunites with Rome. Or the Russian people discard the Russian Orthodox Church and reunify with Rome. But whatever it is, it's going to have to be some kind of light post. Whether it's Our Lady appearing in the sky or St. Michael or whatever. I don't know what kind of miraculous event is going to happen. I, I couldn't, even, couldn't even begin to fathom. It would seem that our Lord likes to take paths that we are not expecting. To do the things that he told us years and years ago that he was going to do. <clears throat> but that would appear to be how that whole thing is going to, the best guess, how that whole thing is going to transpire. What's the timeline? Well, if Russia invades Western Europe, America is out of the picture for one reason or another. We're either, we're either engaged in a level of civil war that probably is going to be of the to the tune of the Taliban versus the Northern Alliance, or the Cristeros against their government, <clears throat> or the or the Vendée, or whatever. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. I do know what civil war looks like in a country that is broken down the way this one is. It, it's very ugly indeed. But it will mean that we're, we're either engaged in a civil war within the borders of our own country, or we have been destroyed economically and we couldn't even raise an army to go help. Both of these are possible. It is also possible but that both of them happen at the same time. There has not been a nation in the history of the world that has been more wretched 
in its operation than the United States of America. And this is not to say that we weren't some, it's not to say that we weren't some great and powerful empire, but we have been absolutely wretched in how we govern our affairs at home, in how we govern our affairs abroad. Wretched. And there is no arguing that. We have promoted abortion within, their, within our own nations and, and slaughtered and sacrificed 60 million children. We have promoted abortion around the world and have slaughtered and sacrificed one and a half billion children worldwide. The hands of the United States are so bloody, it's amazing we can even still see the color red. Oh wait, we can't. Can't even identify a communist. Anyway, the... <clears throat> and if that were the only thing, it would be enough to condemn our nation to the annals of oblivion for all of eternity. But it's not. At a minimum, for the last 60 years, we have been engaged in doing the exact opposite of what we said our values are and that is going around the world and fiddling with other people's nations. And I'm not just talking about the war in Vietnam. I'm not just talking about Korea. I'm not just talking about the wars that we constantly talk about. We're also including in this mix, from the 1980s to the 1990s, Nicaragua, Guatemala, Colombia. Our continual, incessant meddling in, on, in the affairs of our own continent. Argentina, Brazil. You don't think these people managed to go through these revolutions without the interference from the CIA, do you? Our Lady, Our Lady of Buen Suceso de, de la Purificación in Quito, Ecuador, came and said that the Freemasons were coming and they were going to actually overthrow the country and they were going to deform the country with their own ideas. Well, who do you think the Freemasons are? It wasn't the Freemasons like, Freemasonry free didn't just grow up in Ecuador. It could have only come from one place. America. The United States. And it was our meddling that made Ecuador what it is. It's our meddling that has stripped Colombia, Venezuela, Brazil, Argentina... It is our countries meddling in their affairs in ways that we cannot even comprehend because we're never really there that actually cause those nations to be in the foul state that they're in. If, in fact, they are in a foul state, and many of them are. You think... Do you think it's an accident that the, that the nation of Mexico is under the control of the cartels? The same cartels who were funded by the CIA when we were bringing when we were trafficking narcotics out of Eastern Asia, out of Laos, out of Cambodia, out of Vietnam. Do you think it's a mistake that those that those cartels ended up in full control of the Mexican government? Of course it's not. We didn't pull every single string. We just, you know, cut the ones we didn't need and pulled the other ones that we did. This isn't even, <clears throat> the open border situation isn't even payment to the cartels for their service. This is a mechanism 
This is a mechanism for the auto demolition of the United States of America so that when, when the smoke clears, there will be no evidence of the Freemasonic treachery that destroyed the one true faith in the United States. It is very difficult to investigate your history when your cities are overrun with violence. When your cities are inundated with despair. Because that's what this human trafficking operation is. Make no mistake, this is a diabolical inf infiltration. Not of people, but of despair. Of poverty, depression, degradation, and despair. That's what it is. And the seeds were planted by the Freemasonic government of the United States into the Freemasonic government of Mexico, so much to the point where the president of Mexico now is an active practitioner of Santeria and does his unholy consecrations of the nation every year publicly on national television. And you think it's a surprise that the cartels are flooding people across the border. Do you think it's a surprise that the cartels in a one-for-one -one ratio execute people in the exact same manner that the abortion industry executes babies in the womb? Do you think it is an accident? From the attack, to the dismemberment, to the bagging up and discarding, it is one for one in the nation of Mexico. For every one that is killed in the womb, one is killed by the cartel. This was a chastisement brought, brought by Our Lady. By the way, for proof of that, you can check out LifeSite News. They did an inter they've, they've done interviews and they've actually talked about it. These are, not, these are not my data. I simply collect them up to present them to you. All of these things that are happening, these are not bugs in the system. They are features of the system. And remember that the one thing that the devil absolutely needs is he needs to have you, the believer, to be blind to what is actually going on. And that is why they spend so much time covering things up even though they say it right out of their mouths. <clears throat> it's the whole purpose of a lie is to obscure what's actually happening so that you cannot make the informed decision, the act of intellect and will that you need to make in order to properly serve our Lord. Father Malachi had the timing off. He believed that it was at the close of the 20th century in the year 2000. It's a reasonable assumption. Obviously, is no is no condemnation to Father Malachi. It is a reasonable assumption. I hope that I've made it clear why my assumption is where it's at. And it is in fact a range. But, and here's the thing, it is a range to let you know how close in days we cross into 2023 in days we cross into 2023 
six years away from the opening of the window. And that is assuming that I've got the math right. Oh, we've still got six years. That is the wrong, that is the wrong idea. You have six years to prepare. Even if it doesn't come to pass, even by, if by some miracle, these things don't go down the path. Spending the next six years in preparation, in prayer and penance, rallying to the cause wherever you can in order to stop these demons wherever you can, be they, be they in the parliament, be they in Congress, be they in your state assembly, be they in your city council, taking these six years to prepare yourself to get ready to don those boots that are the preparedness that comes with the gospel of peace, taking these six years to prepare yourself is vital. Even if it doesn't come to pass, you will be a far better Catholic. You will be a far greater hero in the faith if you are ready, if you begin moving now, if you make the steps necessary, conversion, repentance, penance, reparation, sacrifice, mortification, if you make, if you make the effort now, in six years, you'll be a far better Catholic. Even if it doesn't come to pass, you will still be a far better Catholic. And you will have preserved your soul in the souls of your children. Which is really what it's all about. Because it doesn't matter that we're entering into the period of the final battle and there's going to be a grand chastisement. None of that actually matters. What actually matters is the salvation of your soul now, here, today. The fact that we seem to be headed to this final chastisement should simply be added motivation to do what you're supposed to do anyway. Pray the rosary. Pray the office. Enroll in the brown scapular. Enroll in the purple scapular. <clears throat> Get dozens of green scapulars and pass them out to family. Little sachets, the, the, the little gospel. Medals of the Holy Face, chaplets of the Holy Face, all of these things, all of these things, whatever it is that happens to fall into your lap that seems to bond with your soul the most, where you can say, this is the devotion that I wish to promulgate so that our Lord gets most souls, so that our Lord gets all the glory. This is the devotion, whether it's the devotion to the seven sorrows of the Holy Face or to devotion to St. Joseph. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which one it is. So long as you move with faith, so long as you move with the fullness of charity, not just the natural charity, but the, but the, but the supernatural charity that our Lord is willing to give us the grace for. We have these six years to prepare. We may have less because tomorrow your soul may be required of you. I could walk out this door after, after hitting stop at the end of this podcast and be shot right in the head. Or for all I know, outside my door, my, my porch is frozen and I slip and fall down the stairs and die. And that could happen in 10 minutes. 
or I may survive the full six years to actually see what's going on, or I may survive the entire chastisement, which I doubt, but it's possible. I don't know the date or the time. I only know that with every breath, with every moment, I must make straight the path of the Lord. With every moment, with every breath, with every thought, from now until kingdom come, which by best regards seems to be roughly 13 years. Where did I get the 13 years? It's the six years up to the up to the opening of the window and then the seven years of the window. Just so you're following the numbers. And I'm easily young enough that given if, if I die a natural death that doesn't involve any intervention from an outside source, I can easily survive another 13 years. The question is, can my soul... And it's the same question that you need to be asking. Can your soul survive another 13 years? It's only going to survive with prayer, fasting, penance, getting into the Eucharist, getting getting in to church and receiving Holy Communion, both for your own soul and in reparation for the sins that seem to be abounding so dynamically right now in the world. If you can get there daily, great. But there is a time coming when you won't be able to get there at all. And many of us have already gone through that time because we just had the coronavirus shutdown a couple of years ago. We know what that feels like. It was a wake-up call for many of us. And it may return again. And should you not be able to attend the sacraments... You'd best be praying that rosary. You'd best be praying that office. You'd best be reading and studying sacred scripture. You'd best be doing what you need to do as a Catholic because we may be headed into a spirit, into a sacramental desert. Why? Because we know that's one of the intentions of Satan. It's one of the intentions of the Antichrist. It's easily the intention of the World Economic Forum and easily the intention of the United Nations. Easily. Because these people don't believe. They hate God, they hate Christ, and they hate his church. They hate his morality, they hate his structure. So it doesn't even actually matter if it's the Antichrist or it's one of these crazy boomer yahoos. It doesn't even actually matter. We know that the objective is the same. This is the clarion call. This is it. Tempest fugit. Memento mori. Pray for the church. Pray for the conversion of souls. Pray for the conversion of our leaders so that maybe they'll actually teach the Catholic faith. Pray for your nation. Pray for your families. Pray for your parishes and get ready to act. Because if you will not fight for Christ, you will end up fighting for the devil one way or another. 
This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.